Welcome to Flow with Armand Asadi. Welcome, welcome. I want to talk about the concept of reading today. And I'm going to get right into it because this is something I've had on my mind a lot lately. This is something that I believe is just so pivotal to an individual's personal development. And I'm going to explain why, but most importantly, I'm going to explain how. How to read, and that sounds absolutely hilarious, but I have recently sort of adapted my model for reading, if you will, and there's a lot more freedom in it. There's a lot more um, joy in the process, and there's a lot more variety, and I'm going to explain that to you, and I'm going to explain the power of how this can massively impact your life and your self-development and the journey of just getting to know yourself, but also learning and exploring and understanding more and more topics. Now, before I jump into that, make sure you are subscribed to the show on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Hit that subscribe button, and I would love to see a review from you in Apple. Make sure you hit the follow button on Spotify or wherever you are listening. That way, you'll get updates on these episodes as soon as they drop, currently every Tuesday and Thursday. So hopefully you like these. uh, People really seem to be liking these solo episodes. I hope you like this one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's unpack this. Ah, and one more thing. Show notes and everything that you ever need are at armanasadi.com or armand.blog. You'll find all my favorite resources as well and um, basically a post for every single podcast with links to everything I mentioned in these episodes. Okay. Reading, Mm, it's juicy. Let me unpack this. The process of reading can be very challenging for a lot of people. Some people either have a strong disposition and a, a strong disposition toward reading and an allure for it. You know, we have this concept of the, the enophile, the person who is just obsessed with books and in love with books and just can't get enough of books. And if you're watching this on video right now, you'll see one of my bookcases behind me and it's got all these books. And I actually only recently, because I've been so transient, have been able to pick back up my book collection. I had to actually, it was actually sad and I kind of regret it. I had to get rid of all of my books at one point in my life because I was just hopping around too much, moving across the country, New York, San Diego, San Francisco. So I don't have my book collection and I'm starting from scratch, but I can't tell you how much joy just owning a physical copy of some of these books gives me. But that's not everybody, okay? Not everyone is an enophile or a book lover, and that's okay. But what's the point? What's the point of reading? Let me tell you a couple things I think are crucially important to the conversation. Number one, a book is typically the life work of a person for the last three to five years, usually minimum. If I could take everything that I know in the last three to five years and inject it all into a book, that's what you would get. And then the beautiful thing about a book is that it's hyper edited and it's high quality, right? There's this constant process of editing that happens when you write a book because the first thing you just throw out is never the final book. 
And oftentimes, especially in the world of nonfiction, and we're generally talking about nonfiction right now, there is research, deep research that accompanies that book, that that writing, I should say. And either it's completely original research that the author and their team and or team has undertaken, or it is a lit review that's done, which is essentially a way of looking at the landscape of a topic, say nutrition and uh, the impact of dairy on your digestion. We're going to do a lit review to understand every single publication that has been published, every piece of research that has been published, and all of that, and analyze and review. And then based on this and our own research, come up with our own theories and our own experiments to then say, boom, we now have the book that is the holy grail of dairy. And here's why it's different and here's why it's new and here's why we're changing the conversation. That is why the best books are so goddamn powerful. (laughs) And I'm so passionate about this because you can't get that. My point about editing and research is that process of writing and editing and writing and editing. And I believe a great definition of writing is, uh, you have to edit it. It has to be edited. It is never the first draft. Journaling and free writing is different. You don't edit that. You don't filter that. But with writing, literature, or nonfiction, or research, you have to edit that. And that process of just continuously refining it, refining it, making it more direct and more to the point and more clear and more concise creates the best resource possible, okay? So now we understand that some people are obsessed with writing. Some people, uh, you know, there's a disposition, right? And that's okay. And I'll get to what you do if you're not. And we understand the power of books now. I mean, in comparison to audio, to to this even, uh, I would say the next best thing to a book is a podcast or a long form interview series, right? Like, or a long-form podcast. I mean, what I'm doing here is somewhat prepared and somewhat researched and somewhat planned. And I know generally the points I'm going to make, but that just comes from my uh, style of delivery. None of this is planned. It all just gets marinated on in my mind and then I just flow. But the point is, it allows me to deconstruct my thoughts in real time in essence, two of my favorite things to say, I speak to discover what I know. But Flannery O'Connor said, I write to discover what I know. And writing and speaking are an incredible tool for people to personally and individually discover everything that they know, meaning what they've learned and absorbed, but also what they've experienced. And therefore, when they process it, you're bringing this beautiful gift into the world for the first time, just as I am doing right now. That's the same reason I even wanted to start the podcast. So that is a sort of secondary, I would say almost as good. And then you have things that are just not even close, right? Like uh, just little videos and little rants and little YouTube, uh, Instagram stories and things like that. And, And the quality bar just continues degrading. And so what you have with a book is something incredibly powerful that you can't accomplish. Also, the other reason with a book is that you have at least 200 pages of space. 
you can't really accomplish that in a long form podcast, right? It's maximum an hour, two hours, right? And a book can be hours and hours long to unpack the various concepts. That's why also when it comes to time, a video, a YouTube video or Instagram story, something like that, you're never going to be able to get to the depth that's necessary. And unfortunately, we are living in a time where the appreciation for books has somewhat faded, not all around. I don't like to make stupid extreme points just to be extreme. I only am extreme when I need to be and when it's true. And one of the things is that there are less people reading books for sure. There's data on that. Um, There's less people buying books, but there's also people consuming more content than ever before. So how do we get the best quality books into people's hands and how can I help you make it easier to read? I'm not going to tell you to speed read. I think that's stupid. And I'm not going to call out the people that teach speed reading. There's like a guy out there that actually has made his whole career based on learning faster. The issue I have with that is that it takes the complete joy out of learning. That's such a Western accomplishment oriented. I must consume as much as possible. (laughs) My brain needs more space and then I can just like learn more shit. And then I can be smarter. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There is an enjoyment that needs to go into learning. There is a quality aspect, a presence to it. And I think that rather than speed, perhaps variety and flexibility is the solution. So I learned about a year ago uh, from a friend of mine. I don't know the source of this. But I learned that during the uh, Renaissance, there was a particular particular style that people like da Vinci had uh, in order to attain mastery and in order to learn. And it might actually be from the book Mastery by Robert Greene. And even if it's not, check out that book. It's one of my favorite books of all time. And in it, or rather in this sort of story, I heard and learned that people like da Vinci allowed themselves the freedom and the flexibility to read multiple books at once. Now, as an architect brain type on the Project Evo brain type assessment, which you can take at projectevo.org, I know that I'm an architect. I know that I'm very linear. And I know that I need to finish something before I move on to the next thing. So I have always sort of constrained myself and not allowed myself to pick up a book before I finish that one. And I even felt guilt if I didn't finish the book. And I learned a completely different way. Like what if you just allowed yourself to pick up the book that you feel like picking up on in that moment? What if you didn't have to read it from front to back? What if you could open it up and look at the selection of chapters and pick the chapter that stands out to you and read it? What a novel idea. What if you could put the book down when you got bored of it? What a novel idea. What if when you got bored of the book, you could pick up a different book? Incredible. There's freedom in that. And I think we all long for that freedom because then you may read a book from front to back because it's riveting and outstanding and you loved it and that's great, but you're not limited and waiting to read the next book just because you're not done with that one because we're at different moods. 
throughout the day. We're at different stages of our life as each day goes by. I mean, you might wake up one day and be like, today I want to read this book on dating and tomorrow I want to read this book on health and the next day I want to read this book on supple leopard, you know, what sapiens. <laughs> so what, whatever it might be, allowing yourself that freedom and that flexibility, I can tell you from experience, has been so liberating. Now, perhaps that is because I was so different before. So this might be very subjective and anecdotal, and I acknowledge it probably is. But I still think there's something for everybody in this. And furthermore, how to consume the book. Okay, we haven't even gotten to the best part. When I like a book, I have a sort of stage of processes I go through. So somebody says to me, um, I got this from Naval Ravikant, brilliant uh, Silicon Valley thinker. He explains that he has a simple rule for himself where, especially for nonfiction books, he likes to make sure that they stand the test of time. Meaning, most books, nonfiction, when they first come out, I acknowledge, I acknowledge this, I know this, I've worked with many New York Times bestselling authors. There's a lot of marketing that is involved in the book launch. And so it's hype. Now, could it be that the book is extremely high quality and the hype is well-deserved? Yes. Could it be that the book is not very good quality and that it's just a lot of hype and a lot of influencers talking about it? Yes. And so what you can do if you have too many books to read is wait wait three to five years and see if it's still popular, see if it's perennial, as we like to say in the book world, and if it stands the test of time. And if it does, then buy it. Now, when I first decide to buy the book, what I typically do, depending on the book, is I usually get the audio first. This is like half the time my rule or the majority of the time my rule. I get the audio book first on Audible. And if I enjoy it as I'm reading it, as I'm listening to it, I'm like, okay, shit. Now I see that this book has a lot in it for me that I need to absorb and that I need to save. And for that reason, I like the Kindle version because with the Kindle, I have it everywhere I go and I can, I can have highlights. And those Kindle highlights are very important to me in my process of learning and in my process of collecting information and organizing it because I take those Kindle highlights and I have them on Kindle website, like Amazon's website that I can review, but I also export them to Evernote. Okay, so now we're getting a little nerdy, but it's fun stuff. And then finally, I have to have the physical copy, especially if I love the book and I wanna look at it. Now, I will admit that every single book I've ever owned in my life, I have not actually read. Many of the times, the book is like a way for me to, I mean, my, my books are my prized possessions. Like if the house was burning and I needed to run out the house, if it wasn't difficult, I would grab all my books. Now that's probably not possible, but that's my point. If they were light and easy to grab and they were small, I would grab, those would be one of the first things that I grab. They're my prized possessions. And especially the magic of a book really shows up in its physical format, as many people know. There are a lot of people that really only like the physical book and they prefer to read out of physical and I some people treat them like you know holy objects and they keep them clean 
I like to write in them, scribble in them, you know, highlight in them. And then it's like a, a relic for me of a time when I first discovered this book, where I was at in my life and what stood out to me. And so that's my process. And it doesn't have to be your process, but I really have been wanting to unpack all of this for quite a while because I believe that there's an incredible incredible power in reading. You don't have to do it one way. Maybe you just want to hear the book. Maybe you're a Kindle person. Maybe you're a physical book person. Maybe you've been doing what I've been doing, which is being too linear about it, too too fixed about it, too constrained about it. Allow yourself the flexibility to do it the way that works for you. There is no right way to live. There is no right way to read. The shoe that fits one other person pinches another. There is no recipe to life as Carl Jung said. So <laughs> with that said, I hope you enjoyed this. Please make sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you're listening, armanasadi.com. I would love to hear what you thought of this episode. Let me know if you want more solo episodes, please. The best way to let me know is either on Instagram, just DM me at armanasadi, or shoot me a text. You can shoot me a text directly to my phone at 619-825-2595. Much love to you. 